Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another hot stove edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The wait is finally over. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has made his decision. Unfortunately, it's not the Boston Red Sox. He will go to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a total of $325 million over 12 years. So that's an average annual salary of $27 million. If you're a financial nerd and you want to know what the posting fee was, that brings it up to $376 million. So the, the posting fee was just under $51 million. So Red Sox miss out. Uh, probably not going to be a lot of shock here tonight. Cody Paulson, Nick Face with us. Cody, how are you? Terry, Nick, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I think you kind of mentioned it there, Terry. Not a lot of not a lot of shock there. You know, we were a dark horse. We were in the mix. We had shown interest, but uh, it was a pretty tight lipped um, or you know a lot of misleading reports. So it really wasn't. Um, easy to follow what was going to happen with this contract, with this player, with this signing. So, you know, him going to the Dodgers, we've got a rapid reaction uh, podcast going on at the moment. Um, still kind of processing it. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm pissed, but I'm not pissed at the fact that he's not a Red Sox. I'm pissed at the fact that there was belief that there was the whole press conference that Sam Kennedy sat there and said, we've got our full throttle. We've got the pulse ready to rock and roll. We're going to fix all this. It's all going to be magical again at Fenway. If any other fan out there wants to continue to believe what these buffoons continue to spew out of their mouth at Fenway Park to all of us fans, then you're a sucker. You're a sucker because you got sucked right in and you got duped again. Until otherwise proven, the problem is John Henry, Sam Kennedy, Tom Werner. Put your money where your mouth is. Like, it's embarrassing. I feel embarrassed tonight as a Red Sox fan. Embarrassed. Merry Christmas to you both, too. So we don't really know what the Red Sox final offer was, and we may never know. But honestly, I think even if the Red Sox matched it, it's a no-brainer. You're going to play with Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. That's where you're going. I mean, who do the Red Sox have? <laughs> You've got Rafi Devers, which is cool. I love Rafi. I'm glad we signed him long-term. Then after that, you're hoping Tristan Casas is going to be that middle-of-the-order bat that he showed throughout much of the second half. And then you got nobody. You got nobody. So I just, I'm not shocked, you know, that the Red Sox, you know, came up short. You know, this is one of the penalties of the Bloom era, in my opinion. I mean, Bloom brought in a bunch of guys on one and two year deals. Didn't really build a foundation to, to be attractive, to land a guy like, like Yamamoto, everyone said, well, he, he might be open to it because he'll be the star of the team. Well, I didn't really buy into that. It sounded good. You know, if you needed something for hope, I, I guess there was that. But I wasn't a big subscri uh, subscriber to that. 
And, you know, we've got a lot to do. I mean, looking at this team presently, I expect I expect the next week and a half to be action packed, even through the Christmas and New Year's holiday uh, when it comes to signings. At present, I don't know where the runs are coming from this year. And we know we know there's no pitching still at the moment. This is Heim Bloom's pitching staff that that we're still sitting on. So it just wasn't good enough uh, to get Yamamoto. Cody. To kind of blend both of uh, your takes together, I think we have to walk back some of our criticism on Heim Bloom. I think we were very fair to to write him. Uh, pretty hard there towards the end with the way that he handled some of the off seasons, the way that he handled the deadlines. But with this ownership and this organization claiming to go full throttle and having only spent about $1 million on players so far, it's hard for me to look at him, him being Bloom or Breslow or any other general manager at this point and say it solely rides on you. Now, this team is poorly constructed, Terry. You're absolutely correct. It does not look advantageous to a player like Yamamoto. Um, you know, I think there were speculations out there that said, Oh, does he want to play in the shadow of Shohei Otani? Does he want to be on the East Coast? He doesn't care about the coast. You know, there was all these speculations. There was all these reports as the dry stove season carried on. Beat writers were looking at ways uh, to generate clicks. Um, you know, I think we we have to look at it from the top down, right? This ownership group is also interested in partaking in the PGA Tour PIF merger, right? They're trying to buy in on some of that. So are they are they fully dedicated to this team? Uh, but looking back at Yamamoto, Terry, you mentioned 12 years, $325 million with the $50 million posting fee. There was also a $50 million signing bonus, right? So that's a grand total of $425 million uh, guaranteed to one player. You add that on top of Shohei Otani's contract, the Dodgers have committed $1.1 billion with a B dollars to two players this offseason, right? And, you know, they're a competitive team, you know. It is it is unfathomable to allocate that many resources to just two individuals and let alone one offseason just all together. But I'm I'm concerned at what this is going to do for the landscape of baseball. Right. We had long talked about, you know, Cohen going out there, throwing the bag at a lot of different players being bad for the game. Right. He's just willing to overpay. He's just willing to uh, throw contracts and deal with the luxury tax penalties. What the Dodgers are doing, I think, is debatably more damaging, right? Um, you know, they are getting nifty and they're getting creative with the contract uh, deferrals. I mean, Otani is still being owed against the cap $47 million a year, right? It's not like that two and 68 deferral lets them get get real fancy and, and sign a player like Yamamoto because they have that salary cap relief. They're going to be paying those luxury tax penalties, but what other teams can can kind of commit the resources that the Dodgers have to players just across the league, right? Um, I've seen reports that the Mets apparently got up to that 325 number and the Yankees came in at, you know, 10-300. So even if the Red Sox pitch to Yamamoto was equal with the opt-outs, they were willing to go above that level of comfort that they had claimed. And I don't know if that level of comfort is John Henry, you know, trying to sign a player past 30 that's a pitcher, but it seemed like he just wanted to be on the West Coast. He wanted to be with somebody that has had success, uh, you know, in the MLB. Um, it's it's just a fascinating story to to kind of follow. This is the largest contract that's ever been given out to a pitcher, let alone a pitcher that's never thrown a pitch in the MLB. So, you know, I wish him the best of luck. I'm glad that we don't have to see him, you know, a couple of times a year in, in the AL East. So I guess that's a silver lining. But, um, 
you know, the the fallout of of the signing where all the other teams came in at that were in the mix, those dark horses, um, that'll be something fun to follow. It was an interesting week leading up to it. Um, there was a much followed uh, trip out here uh, to the East Coast. Yamamoto met with the Mets, had dinner with uh, Steve Cohen. Kind of curious as to what was on the menu that night. Um, I asked people on Twitter. They said everything from the Domino's pizza, you know, the emergency pizza that you get for signing up on the app to, you know, all kinds of goofy answers. I think it was like baked squid or something weird, you know, if you're dining with Cohen. But anyway, so he meets with them. Meets with the Yankees. There were details on that meeting talked about earlier today. And by the way, earlier today, there was no indication it was going to, the decision would be tonight. You know, it still seemed like it was at least a day or multiple days away. But during the Yankees meeting uh, that happened, uh, I think last week, they handed him a jersey with number 18 on it. And, and that was... Aaron Boone's way of trying to maybe entice him, you know, to give him a visual of what it might look like with him in a uniform. And uh, they had some Japanese players helping as well. Hideki Matsui, um, you know, is, is the most notable. He was a big part of their 2009 uh, championship team. So a lot of aggressive, uh, you know, pitches to him. It was said that he was very impressed with the Dodgers presentation. So it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's just kind of frustrating. I put out a tweet earlier and I did. I counted the number of days. Um, it's been 1,841 days since the Red Sox signed, uh, you know, a relatively high end starting pitcher. That was Nathan Avaldi. You know, mostly based on those postseason heroics. So the the drought continues, and I just – is Jordan Montgomery both of your – is he, like, at the top of your list or no? Well, go ahead, Nick, with your answer. I don't know where else you would turn to. The, the thing on Jordan Montgomery right now is he's been in Boston this entire offseason. Well, if you wanted to sign him, what are we doing? What are we doing? He's been here for two months. Like, do, do we have a pulse? <laughs> that's how my, that's how I feel right now. I truly feel 100% confident with saying that the Boston Red Sox are nothing but pocket change for John Henry. Pocket change. He got his four championships he gets those fans. Come get your pink hats. Come get your bricks. Come come to my museum. Come to my big museum. Come watch this product we have on the field, which is complete junk right now. But you know what? It doesn't matter to him. He's going to sell out. He's going to get those $15 beers. He's going to get his $10 hot dogs. And he's as happy as a pig. So the question here is, this whole continuation here of you want to blame Bloom, we want to blame Breslow, we want to do whatever we want to do, I feel like it's the same song and dance right now. 
I don't know what direction they're going to head. It's $1 million that they have spent so far this offseason. I, I, uh, it's stunning. Stunning. With so many glaring holes in this team. Not my Boston Red Sox. You now I feel in a way like a spoiled, rotten kid because I've been through 2004, 2007, 13, 18. I did go through a little bit of the 90s where it wasn't as great, especially the early 90s. But this is bad right now, guys. This is bad. I just feel embarrassed. I think that's the best word I can describe right now. I'm embarrassed as a Red Sox fan. I'm embarrassed. I just feel like it right now. It's just you shake your head and you just say, what are we doing here? What about you, Cody? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's just a Montgomery acquisition, right? I think it has to be a Montgomery plus, um, you know, I think we've talked about on this podcast, on this program specifically, that while Snell looks attractive, it could be a lot of window dressing, right? Once you get into the numbers, it doesn't necessarily look as good as the two Cy Youngs do. Um, You know, whether it be the trade machine or, you know, reports of Breslau being active in the trade market, trying to figure out a way there, I think we got to do whatever we can to shake Burns loose from, from Milwaukee. We've got a lot of prospects. We've got a lot of MLB ready talent. We've got a lot of, 4A guys or, you know, low major league level players that I think we could figure something out. Um, you know, I think if you get uh, Adamas, Burns, and Montgomery, I think that'll still be a very, very strong offseason. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to get Burns to sign an extension before free agency. I believe he's a Boris client as well. So I think he might just be that one year and then he goes to free agency. But uh, you know, to what Nick mentioned, right? Montgomery's been in Boston for two months. That gives us a year with Burns to work on that extension, um, or at least you know try to get an inside track. Um, you know, I think if if we could put together something like that, uh, that Adamus Burns trade plus a Montgomery, I think we would look back on this going into spring training as a pretty effective offseason because we did address two of those major needs. I have no idea where we're going, but it's just going to be embarrassing if we're going to be stuck holding an empty bag. You know, Cody and I were talking uh, prior to just prior to coming on. You had all the time in the world to go get the, you know, the pitcher that you're trying to put in your second slot there. You know, your non-marquee pitcher, whether that was, you know, Sonny Gray, whether it was Lucas Giolito, who's still available, by the way. Uh, Seth Lugo, those types of guys could have been signed preemptively so that, you know, it wouldn't be a bigger frenzy after the Yamamoto signing. So we're still in the same boat. You know, I think the Red Sox have to overpay. And when you look at the Lugo, we had a lot of interest in Lugo. That's why it bothers me so bad that we lost out to him to the Kansas City Royals. We had a lot of interest. So that tells me the Red Sox are extremely fixated on a certain dollar amount or a certain number of years. Guess what? You're going to have to overpay because you're not sexy. You're not the sexy girl at the prom that everybody wants to deal with. So the penalty for that is you're going to have to overpay a little bit to get what you need. That's the penalty for for being a, a terrible baseball team for much of the last four years. That's- Terry, I'm going to even hit you with a little bit bigger. I don't even think it's going to be a little overpay. It's going to be a massive overpay to get some other star power here to Boston, 100%. 
And it is because of the revolving door of your general managers. I think some of these players are scared out of their minds. What direction are the Red Sox headed in? Where are they going? They got rid of a Mookie Betts. They got rid of Xander Bogarts. They, they don't care. Homegrown stars. See you later. Goodbye. That MO that they have right now in baseball, I think is horrible. It is a horrible look for us. And we need, we need like, we need the ultimate Christmas present right now. We need the ultimate Christmas present to restore what we once had of greatness back to the city of Boston for the Red Sox. I meant to mention, just to piggyback off of Cody, he mentioned uh, Corbin Burns. I said on the very last show, he's unlikely to be willing to sign an extension. And then reports came out in the day or two after that he doesn't seem to be motivated about extension talks at all, uh, no matter where he goes. So I would probably stay off him at that point. Um I don't really know who who you get, uh, you know. It's probably not going to be a Mariners pitcher, based on previous reports. I I don't know. I don't know where you go. You do. You still do have some trade capital. Um, you know, you have. You've got Duran. You've got Abreu. You don't want to deal them both, but you can deal one of them. Um, there was a scenario thrown out there earlier um uh, i forget what it was i keep doing this it, it might come back to me but um it, you know i gave this example recently in 2018 we needed a starting pitcher that summer we were gonna have to trade for one nathan avoldi was not on anybody's radar and, uh, you know, very out of the blue, a deal gets done and, you know, and then we were okay. We were pretty stable. And then, you know, you know, history played out and we, we won the world series. So I, I think, you, I think realistically we're looking at a Giolito type guy and then a trade and it's not going to be the roster we wanted, you know? It'll be the best roster, the best pitching staff we've had since 2019, but it's not going to be what we envisioned, I don't think. Cody? To your to your point, right, it's definitely not going to be a name maybe that we're even picking out of a hat, right? I, I can vividly remember when I got the report that we traded Jalen Beeks for Nathan Avalde. I was like, these are just – we're just shuffling players at this point, right? Like Jalen Beeks was – not really doing much for us. Nathan Avaldi had been kind of passed around, had been oft injured, had that gas for sure. But, you know, whenever you're facing Avaldi, you were never really scared of him at that point. And then he continues to go on and do what he does for Boston. Tip of the cap to him. Absolutely held down the rotation for us for a couple of years. But when we made that trade, there was no way you could have predicted the performance or the contributions that Nathan Avaldi had. So, Maybe that type of player is out there. Right? Maybe the ever optimist is is thinking that you know another trade for a player that we're not paying attention to at this time could be that guy for us down the road. But you know, to your point, right? The the path to a successful offseason is still there, but it is becoming increasingly difficult to see what that looks like. And you know, the the names are going to I think fall off the board pretty quickly as well as other teams that missed out on the Yamamoto sweepstakes um, also you know turn their attention to other players. 
Um, you know, and again, it's, it's just the ownership, right? They could have avoided a lot of this negative, I guess, uh, reaction or, or feedback by not saying the full throttle comment, right? 27 AAV, I know it's a hundred million in posting and, and signing bonus, but if you're going to go full throttle, that's, that's what full throttle is, right? You have the, the resources, you have the finances, you have the money to back it up and back up your comment and, and they just don't. And, you know, uh, in, until they show willingness to, to overspend, my frustrations will no longer be directed at the general manager. It'll be directed at ownership. I think with the remaining guys, I think the Yankees will probably have a reunion with uh, Jordan Montgomery. There's a little bit of familiarity there, and I, I think he'll, you know, he'll serve a, a purpose on that staff. And then I think Snell goes to New York, uh, the other New York team, the Mets. Um, I, I mean, who are who are the big fish in play? It, it, it was the finalists for. You got to mention yeah. the Giants too. <laughs> I um, don't know. I I think the Giants need to relocate or something because nobody well, wants I, to I'm go. The, I, I wouldn't want to go. I don't know about you guys. No yeah. thanks. <laughs> I, I know they get a lot of crap in the news because they've got a homeless problem and stuff. And but I mean, I can't imagine it. It's really that bad if you're an upper middle class or you know a wealthy person. You're going to pay a high amount of taxes as we've seen with with Shohei and and why he structured his deal the way that he did but I, I think the Giants will land um you know the mid-market guys I just it's those super high-end guys that just don't want to go and I don't know if the Phillies are going to be quite as motivated uh with a Montgomery or a Snell I mean they have a pretty decent pitching staff already in place you know wheeler has been a horse for them he's going into the final year of his deal they have nola locked up for the next seven years ranger suarez has been a beast for them in the postseason hasn't quite put it together for a full season yet he's been up and down but just magically seems to figure it out so i think they'll they'll get their needs addressed without doing anything super drastic and I don't know who's left. Who I'm looking at the list that we saw here, and I'm just going down like one through ten that was on one of the lists here. Josh Hader, just for a closer, he's out there. Kershaw, he's not going anywhere. He'll go right back to the Dodgers. Kershaw would be Corey Kluber 2.0 at this point. Yep. Giolito is the number 10. I'm just looking at the Fox Sports list of stuff there. Marcus Stroman, we already talked about uh, him on previous shows. No thanks. He's a good pitcher, uh, but and just uh, it would be Kenta, a lightning rod. No, Kenta Mieta. No, he's with he's the 35. Tigers. Already signed and with then, the Detroit Tigers. And Michael Walker, he's already gone. So, I yeah. mean, it, it's going to have to come from a trade if anything is done here. I, I just don't see... Montgomery or even Blake Snell as Red Sox. I I can't see it. Right. Uh, anything else? Uh, it's kind of a, we came on right away. Uh, so we're all, <laughs> I don't think any of us have all processed, um, you know, what's gone on. I, I will say this. I, I feel like Bloom is somewhat to blame. A lot of people, I put a tweet out there and overwhelmingly they're blaming ownership, but Bloom was still over the luxury tax in year three. 
So that tells me, you know, Bloom had a lot more to do with what the roster was. Um, you know, so that that's just where I'm at on that. But um, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I'm I'm more mad that we didn't make a move preemptively uh, again to get a Giolito than I am missing out on Yamamoto because it was predictable. No one told us we were out, but you you keep seeing the rumors he didn't go to boston for a second visit and so it's just it's hard to be mad that we didn't get him just based on this winter alone was it confirmed he even came to boston he didn't no he didn't go to boston yeah boston i i truthfully want to know and i just jokingly put it out there tonight on twitter x whatever you call it do you think the Red Sox actually even offered him a dime? Yeah. How much of a joke would that be? Well, there were plenty of sources out there that said the Red Sox were, you know, made a competitive offer and were even willing to up it. But I just don't see why. Why do you pick the Red Sox over over Los Angeles? I mean, I already went through the rosters. Now let's talk about the weather. <laughs> I mean, who's got the better weather? You know, it's logistically, it's closer to home. And the other crazy thing is, is everybody's going to bed by the time these guys are taking the field because they're on the West Coast. It's not great for baseball that, you know, the the Yankees and the Red Sox have had tons of problems in in the last few years. (laughs) It's just, I mean... They're, the Red Sox and the Yankees aren't even a rivalry anymore, in my opinion. If if there's a rivalry, it's the Yankees and the Astros. That's the rivalry. So, anyway, we'll uh, we'll just end on that. Um, we'll be back probably Sun. Well, I don't know. Is that Christmas Eve? Yeah, so probably not. Um, we'll see. We'll try to get on before long, and if stuff develops by hook or by crook, we'll we'll come on. Uh, maybe we'll literally get a Christmas Day signing. I don't know. But um, one way or the other, we'll be back uh, before you know it. And um, if we aren't back uh, before Monday, everybody have a good, safe holiday. I hope Santa was was better to you than Craig Breslow and John Henry were to us. Everyone take care. <laughs>